0: unknown drawing from the
1: endless reaches of time J- jason jason J- jason <laughs> the synesthesia to me is uh it's a true definition of the mixing of the senses what makes synesthesia exciting it takes us all the way from just the mingling of the senses all the way to metaphors or even transcending the senses where you are, are no longer constrained by the tyranny of individual
0: sense impressions jason what are you talking about <laughs> synesthesia a movie podcast featuring jason mike Hillich, and jim hickox begins
1: now hold the string I feel like I usually end up talking over you too much. You know, no, that's good. That's that our dynamic.
0: I, I do feel like I do feel like there was a good year and a half where you you were a dude who I thought was real cool, but I didn't. But I didn't feel like I I was cool enough to be friends with you. You had, you had like that uh, that like army jacket that said "real big fish" <laughs> on the back, and it was two thousand one. You know, and I was like, "Whoa, that guy,
1: cool guy." <laughs> Um, yeah, no,
0: what we
1: met fall of 2001. I remember the first time I met you, I was in your, I was in your room because I was friends with your roommate. Um, and you came in, I think you were coming from a fancy dinner party because you were in a fancy suit. Yeah. Okay. And I think you said you had been walking back from a dinner party, but the way you came in (laughs) was you came in in a fancy suit. And you were, like, just drenched in mud from the waist down, and you just walked in and said, I fell in a hole.
0: (laughs) I was like, nice to meet you. (laughs) Yeah, I had. I had fallen in a hole. I remember that. I don't remember where I was coming from or why I was wearing a suit, but I do remember walking. Because I was coming back from somewhere and I decided to go through the woods instead of along any of the footpaths.
1: <laughs> it's a fine <laughs> choice when you're wearing a nice
0: suit. Yeah. In my, right. So in
1: my mind now it's become like a white linen suit, but I know it wasn't that.
0: Oh, but let's say that. That story is better. Yeah. That I in my mind you're like, dressed like Panama model. Jack. Oh, I love that. I'm gonna... I'm gonna go back in time and buy myself that suit, and and
1: and, or it's uh, like seersucker and you're dressed like a a
0: Louisiana congressman from (laughs) yeah. I'm holding a broken uh, mint julep glass or something like uh, that. Yeah. Everyone else, well, no, i fell in a hole. i will down to. i will done down in a hole. I everyone else when they get a time machine is going back to kill Hitler, but I am buying myself a fancy suit. Oh, my God, why would you not? What yeah.
1: <laughs> I spend, um, I would say, for for what actual like use value this has, I yeah. spend an obscene amount of time trying Decising to figure out about killing Hitler. how if you would I would kill if Hitler. I ever ended up going back in time to kill Hitler. Uh... How I would guarantee that I had money from like a normal amount of money for this era, uh-huh. but in bills and or other forms that would be accepted in the previous era. Because You can't walk in and say here oh, is a 2010 $50 bill because it'll look like a cartoon from space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they'll kill you. So I, I, <laughs> they I haven't actually like devised funny. a way to make sure that it happens. And again, it's possibly the stupidest thing you could spend time
0: doing. But I do Jason, spend time just thinking mug a about guy. It. Just go back in time and mug a guy.
1: Well, so there's that. But then you have to definitely find some somebody who is carrying
0: cash. And who definitely and, isn't your ancestor?
1: Yeah, well, and but also then you lose out on that sweet uh, time
0: travel inflation exchange rate. Well, no, you mug a guy and then you ex- and you put his money in the bank,
1: right? But you're mugging him for his 1921 dollars. Yeah. So there's no the whole point is to get the satisfaction of bringing back, say, like, gosh, a twenty dollar bill. Like, what's a twenty dollar bill going to get me a pizza? Sure. You know, I take that back to 1921, and I can fucking I buy Long Island.
0: Oh, I misunderstood. I thought you were going back in time and then investing the money and just letting it accrue interest for 100 years.
1: Oh, no, 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 no. I'm going back in time and living like a
0: robber baron. I see. Okay.
1: But just on the change in my couch cushions.
0: I see. That's smart. It's that smart, a, but you gotta, find, you gotta find you got to find the him.
1: coins that are dated right, or at least that look right.
0: Yeah, what you need to do is uh, find a coin collector and be like, hey, could I get all your old coins that aren't worth much but are still old?
1: That's true, and so what yeah. I also need to do is just start carrying works. them around.
0: Just in case you should fall into a time hole.
1: Right, because I don't know how I'll end up going back in time.
0: Yeah, like you know I, it's I, you know, going it's to happen, <laughs> but there's no way to know how or when.
1: I would suspect I'm not going to have that much control over when it happens.
0: Yeah, no, definitely not. Because and if you did, you would have done it already, you want to be prepared, yeah. yeah, 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 you should find just a just a bunch of old coinage that's a very good point that isn't worth much now. I bet if you looked on eBay, you could find a lot of nineteen twenty quarters
1: if I really started working on it, I could probably get people to pay me to take their pennies
0: away, oh, yeah, that's true. You could just start a penny disposal business,
1: yeah, and then just I wonder if i if I get a machine to sort out, sort them by date, yeah. Almost definitely not. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> you know really hard, do, though.
0: You know what you could do though is just get a machine that restamps old dates on them.
1: I could exclusively collect hay pennies. Oh, that's. But I don't think they yeah. made them after a certain point.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good plan. <laughs> and then just walk around with pants full of hay pennies. just pockets full of cargo shorts with all your pockets stuffed with hay pennies.
1: So just in case I end up going back to 1951. <laughs>
0: Yeah, because then you can be like, I'll take a newspaper, and they'll be like, 12 cents. You can be like, here's 24 hay pennies.
1: 12 cents? What am I buying? A newspaper building?
0: <laughs> I, how much... Is becoming the, the publisher?
1: You're underestimating the benefit of time travel inflation. <laughs> <coughs> Welcome to... Seth's... Shisha. 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 Um, I'm never, ever once going to say that right, but I'm not going to change the title. Uh, what's what's the guy's name who... The, the guy that Christopher Nolan put plastic on his mouth. Uh, Bruce Willis. Um, well, no, in a movie, not in private uh um tom hardy oh tom hardy (laughs) um which i forget what critic it was who who was talking about that movie and said how are you gonna take somebody how are you gonna take tom hardy (laughs) who has one of the most interestingly shaped mouths in cinema and say you know what we're just not gonna look at it the whole movie
0: (laughs) yeah i agree with that
1: i mean i haven't seen it the third nolan batman (laughs) Mm-hmm. I, I watched on a Fast Forward just to listen to Tom Hardy's uh, Bane voice. Oh, sure. With Alex. <laughs> Why would you want to shoot a man before you throw him out of the plane?
0: <laughs> uh, it's funnier because I'm imagining Alex doing it. <laughs> 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 not that I'm not enjoying you doing it, but like instead of imagining Tom Hardy, I was imagining it being Alex. and that's. <laughs> better than imagining it being Tom Hardy. Yeah, just holding his hand over his
1: mouth like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hello. <Yeah. laughs>
0: Hello! I'll be your bane this evening. <laughs> <sighs> um. <coughs> what happened to, didn't he have a brother? Yeah, his brother's dope. <laughs> <laughs> is that I like true? his brother. What's his brother doing?
1: His brother, well, right now, I could, I don't really care what is. his brother's making uh, Westworld right now. The television show, the television show, and I don't care about that show. Um, sure, it's very good. Uh, but before Westworld, he did a little thing called Person of Interest. Are you familiar with this? It's also a TV show. Also a TV show. I've heard of it. I don't know it. Uh, Person of Interest mm-hmm. is Jonathan Nolan okay. making a TV show uh, that is basically <laughs> Batman, okay, except. Batman is Jim Caviezel in a suit. Okay. Talking like this. (laughs) All the time. Just the world's angriest man. And... Uh, Michael Emerson I want to say his name is plays this uh, scientist in glasses who built uh, an artificial intelligence that can basically predict when violence is going to happen by watching everybody and their patterns of behavior and uh, etc. So it's like basically the whole idea is like it was built after 9-11 to stop another terrorist attack and the government wanted him to just dump all the information that wasn't relevant to national security and he's like but those (laughs) people are people too so then he secretly hires a vigilante to take you know it's a very traditional like TV show where it's sure. every episode they get a new number from the machine of who to save and sure. Jim Cavizio has to go out there but it's slowly so it starts out very much like CBS Dad Show mm-hmm. and over time it slowly becomes something else oh so like first of all it's a CBS Dad Show but with Jim Cavizio who's a mm-hmm. really intense weird actor
0: okay
1: um who, you know, like just really plays this like tortured ex CIA, angriest man in the world, you know, I'm gonna show them what a real monster looks like. <laughs> like kind of like shaking while he walks with a rifle. Yeah, um, okay. But then the show becomes it changes from like an NCIS, you know, CBS dad show, like, you know, save a person a week show, and becomes this really involved essentially a prequel to the terminator oh weird <laughs> like, because the ai cuz it like it takes the question of ai really seriously after a sure, while sure and it starts to extrapolate out all of these pot, you know these situations and it becomes this whole other kind of epic science fiction show but the beauty of it is it never stops being a cbs dad show so they do this ongoing uh, you know, intricate espionage science fiction story that just starts with the basic premise of like, oh yeah, the government watches everything you do, the entire world is corrupt. Like that's our premise for this CBS show. Now sure. it's go on from there. But at the same time, they're still like getting numbers and saving people and talking <laughs> like they're like these you know, in these sort of, like, superhero-ish lines of dialogue. and it's it's this beautiful tension of forms, and it's super entertaining. I totally loved it. That
0: sounds, that sounds enjoyable.
1: Yeah. So, he's the better Nolan brother, by far. <laughs> <laughs> of all the Nolans. Um, uh, uh, that's what Jonathan Nolan has been doing. Johnny and now he's making Westworld. Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit?
0: So do we, do we want, what do we want to, what do we want to do?
1: Well, <laughs> I am interested in following up on the last episode. Yeah. And either recording more things to cut into it, or possibly it's, it's been occurring to me. Yeah. That the theme of the entire podcast mm-hmm. might just be us trying to understand what other people think
0: that are good and bad. will probably be a, a runner, yes.
1: Um... So even, and and trying to explore how it is we interact with movies and whether it is like worth worthily uh, quirky <laughs> or idiosyncratic. Yeah, is the less obnoxious way to say that. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Um, or or if we or could if just stop. If,
1: yeah, if we're, <laughs> if we're just
0: doing it wrong because <laughs> there's there is a. F- a decent chance that we're just bad at watching movies, Jason.
1: It's possible. I would say it would be one thing just to dismiss like the vast public. You can have an argument over whether or not you should do that, whether sure. it's elitist or whether you should really be paying attention to populism in art and blah 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 blah. Um, but even setting that aside, individual people who I think are good, smart people who yeah. like other things that I like, who I can have good conversations about art with. We'll see we'll see things and think it's good, yeah, in a way that I don't I disagree with it, but even more than disagreeing with it, I'm baffled. agree. I was just having this conversation with Lucy, yeah uh, she's in the other room watching Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh nice, uh, because she never goes to bed um, <laughs> but uh, I mean I, have you seen that?: I saw about six minutes of it.
0: Yeah, that's about as much as you would need to see. Yeah. And I was like, oh, um, those teeth are funny. I think the teeth are a really good choice. The teeth are a good choice. Yeah. Uh, it, if, it makes it so we can't talk, which is always... <laughs> it's good to put obstacles, I think, between your actor and the audience. Um, and, and I think between putting an obstacle between your actor and achieving a basic activity that everyone does all the time is ideal.
1: Well, I think the two things that Brian Singer borrowed from Christopher Nolan was... <laughs> putting an obstacle in front of one of his main actors ability to talk clearly. Yeah. uh, Like a physical obstacle (laughs) and making every scene just exposition.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Um, I only saw a few, it was near the end. I saw a few minutes and that's not true. You know what? I like saw a few minutes and then I was in the other room while the movie continued. So I heard more of it and it seems like there's roughly 20 minutes at the end. That's just a, they just do a whole concert. They did like several songs at the end i'm yeah. sure i yeah i don't know um but everything that wasn't that was just people explaining what's going on yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. While well,
1: cut like uh i don't know I, the editing in the scenes i've seen gives me a seizure
0: like, is, like a seizure born of anger it's bonkers it seems like uh it seems like somebody shot sorry i should say the Oscar-winning editing. Yes, yes. Sorry, I mean. Yeah, well, here's, gonna, here's the thing. In defense me an of anger that editor, <laughs> in defense of that editor, it seemed to me from what I saw like the coverage they shot was insane, and they were like, "Hey, can you make this make sense?" And the editor was like, "No," and they were like, "Could you get to the end?" And the editor was like, "Okay." I'll, I'll <laughs> yeah. No, you I,
1: I, I'm very careful to ever blame editors because sure, sure. you have no idea what was shot. You have no idea what the director asked for. Oh, of course, like maybe the editor was in the booth saying, "Like we don't really need to cut back to this guy four <laughs> times during the conversation
0: <laughs> because he's Singer only like, saying no, one you sentence." Do. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, but yeah, maybe Brian Singer just really wanted to. Sure. I might, if I had to hazard a guess, I would say that it's not so much that the coverage was bad, but that sure. Brian Singer is a bad director. Yeah. Like, first of all, just top to bottom. Yes,
0: but a bad and director, a bad human being. If, well, I mean, yeah, if we're well, that's, yeah.
1: Singer. That's, that's a whole other <laughs> other other thing of like I, I'm sitting there uh, and I don't want to ruin Lucy's night, but I know sure. that
0: she's somebody who if she uh, knew who Brian Singer was, she'd be like, well, oh, she's like she's had this. a hard time yeah. listening
1: to Michael Jackson. Sure. Recently, yeah, it's right? hard. It's hard now. Like it comes on and it just bums her out. And yeah. so I was just sort of like, well, I'll let her finish the movie and then I'll tell her I'll talk about it later. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Tell her tomorrow.
1: Um, but I think he's, yeah, I think he he made a lot of bad choices, but I think that he actually just, like, I've never seen one of his movies and thought, oh, the acting was good, even with actors that I like, or who are are unquestionably professional, so I can't imagine he got great performances out of those people, I think the all the performances are being built in the editing room, and which is why it cuts back and forth between seven people 400 times in half a minute
0: and i guess that's what i meant by the coverage is i not like it was inadequate coverage they clearly shot everything but it feels like it feels like they're like okay uh in this take we have this sentence and then this other sentence 40 seconds later so what if we cut back out to the wide and then we jump in over you know what i mean it just feels like it's super piecemeal
1: uh, but, but
0: anyway,
1: so the it won an Academy just, Award.
0: So we're. Yeah, well, that was the conversation
1: so I was yeah. just having with Lucy is that not only did it win an Academy Award, not only was it massively popular, sure. huge hit, sure, uh, you know, nominated for many Academy Awards and won some of them, uh, but like people we know who aren't stupid yes. saw it in the theater and then told us, like, oh, you gotta see it, it's so it's amazing and we're just trying to figure out how does that happen?
0: And it's but it's also I feel like that's a special case because you it might be people judging it on oh it's kind of like I got to see Queen for a minute. You know, and it, sure. and we all love Queen and we all love Freddie Mercury. So on that on that level it is successful-ish, right? You like get to see people who kind of look like those people pretending to be those people.
1: I did say that if I cared particularly about Queen Mm-hmm. That maybe my reaction would be different. Sure, um, but I don't. But but the thing is that you and I can still watch it, and you know, you you have a deep love for Queen, and for I sure. have a a uh, respectful affection, <laughs> sure. at the very least for for some of their better songs, and for Freddie Mercury in particular, of, of, of course. Lucy and I was saying, Lucy also said, you know, she doesn't particularly care about queen but freddie mercury is one of the greatest performers who ever lived which seems objectively correct
0: that's, yeah that's a reasonable opinion to have
1: um but we can still watch that and be like wow this movie's
0: bad yeah yeah absolutely
1: or like maybe i'll enjoy being in queen's fake queen's presence for a little bit mm-hmm. i don't know that that would be enough for me to carry the film but i would still or like it was like when i watched uh, i went to see straight out of compton this is a bad <laughs> movie yeah. but there were some fun scenes of like oh yeah I get to pretend I'm in the recording booth you know when they're yeah singing but like but that's to me that's different than yeah. coming back and saying that was a great movie sure. and I agree that it should be up for an academy Award and I'm not saying that those people are are dumb or wrong or whatever like like I said smart people people I know and people I like um but I do think it speaks to this issue that we have been now circling a few times, and that seems to be dominating our discourse, which is that we don't each in our own way, yes, we don't understand how other people are watching movies,
0: yeah, I think that's accurate i wish i I wish I got it more. actually i have two specific examples of this that i want to talk to you in particular about with to you today okay uh okay so one of them um is a film it just hit uh, i don't know amazon prime i watched it somewhere it's a thing that it played i think it did a limited run in theaters at the beginning of the year and then it just just hit i think amazon prime and both when it was in the theaters and just a couple of days ago A ton of people who I think generally have good taste, who I am uh, internet-connected to, uh, 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 were like, oh, this movie's amazing. Everyone should go see it. I don't know why you all skipped it. It's It's a movie called Serenity. It's not the... Uh, what's his name? Who pretends he likes women? <laughs> Guy movie. Uh, it's, uh, it's a it's <laughs> a J- J- Joss Whedon. Yeah, it's not the Joss Whedon movie. It's a different movie. Sorry,
1: sorry, Josh Whedon. I, Josh, I, like, I always get that wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Josh Whedon. Uh, not him. It's someone else's movie. <laughs> Um, i i am familiar with this movie okay just so you know but
1: but you should explain it for anybody have, listening have you watched it
0: no okay all right well you may be surprised uh so there so it's it's a movie that a lot of people who i'm friends with on the internet who i and, and know in real life i just interact with them mostly on the internet uh went gaga over and it Sort of presents itself in the trailer. I'm going to spoil everything, so if you want to watch it before you hear me say things, because you're that kind of a uh, film watcher, then you don't care. I I meant more the audience. Uh, Uh Oh, then you should pause us uh, and come (laughs) back, Jason. You I don't care, Jim. There's no pausing me. Um, It's so it presents itself as sort of the ideal version of uh, of Jaws Five. You know, where if you recall in Jaws Four they. Uh, they realize that not only do sharks hold grudges on people, but sharks communicate those grudges across the whole ocean uh, and and will hold a grudge on your full bloodline. Um, and it feels like, or the way it's presented is, they're like, this is a movie about a man who's out fishing sharks and his ex-wife asks him to kill her current husband uh, using his shark curse. And you're like, that's a great movie. I would watch the hell out of that movie. Um, it would, that's my favorite movie, uh, a Jaws movie where they use the Jaws as a revenge device. Beautiful. Uh, it's not that, um, it is, it's sort of, it's sort of three movies twisted together and two of them are like pretty good ideas. And the third one's a terrible idea and none of them is fully realized. It's, there are three moments, two, two or three moments in the film where as you're watching it, you'll be like, what are they doing? oh, I see what they're doing. And I think that's what people are latching onto, because there are a couple of times when you're watching it, n- primarily in the middle, this character shows up who's been sort of tracking Matthew McConaughey through the film, uh, and and keeps missing him. He keeps, Matthew McConaughey keeps leaving out on his boat, and this guy's like, ah, shucks, I missed him again. And then he runs into him, and he's like, hey, I want to give you a piece of equipment. Uh, I want you to chase the fish. And he like clearly has knowledge that Anne Hathaway, McConaughey's ex-wife, is asking him to kill a man. Um, the the guy from Zero Dark Thirty, is that right? Who, like, tortures people and uh, and looks a lot like one of the friends. Uh, it's that guy's current husband. Uh, and so this guy shows up and he's like, I don't want you to kill that guy. I am the rules. And you're like, oh, what's that mean? Um, and then it sort of <laughs> <laughs> pans again, out.
1: Again, I, I do know where this is going. Yeah. And... I know there's a twist that's about to ruin it, but but if still this was just a movie about a shark fisherman who is into... A revenge murder plot yeah. via shark, Yes, and then somebody else shows up and declares themselves to be the rules. Yeah, Still a great film, right. in and theory. During, I just wanted to make that
0: note. During this whole scene, I was like, oh, keep it together, movie. Keep it together, movie. It feels like you're about to fall apart, uh, and it does. But yeah, if that dude was just like a weird guy who worked for a fishing company and showed up at 3am or something to give McConaughey some equipment and and was just a weirdo, I would... I. I would have been like, ah, these people were correct. This movie is weird and interesting, I'll, albeit very boring. Um, most of the movie is boring, but <laughs> um, I guess I don't know what so, I, I what I want to ask you about it. I, if you'd seen it, maybe we could we could talk more deeply. But it's well,
1: for- I mean, I, I I know enough about it, and I'm actually just looking at the Wikipedia page now, which hmm, is sure. delivering amazing insights. Oh, really? Like the fact that Matthew McConaughey's character's name is Baker Dill.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, because he named himself after Dylan Baker, a high school teacher. That's how she found him. He, he loved what? Yeah, he loved his math teacher, I think. Oh, Jason. Sure, There's... but he took
1: Dylan Baker and turned it
0: into... Into Baker Dill. I mean,
1: I guess There's... Baker is already a food term, yeah, but then he yeah, turned yeah. the other one also into a food term. Yeah,
0: he was like, it should sound more like I'm a cartoon baker. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Who makes savory
1: biscuits. Anyway. Um... <laughs>
0: A lot of people who I appreciate and respect sort of brazenly said it was great. Uh, so
1: I, I experienced a lot of people enjoying it, ironically. In fact, I, one, of, one of the most memorable ones was somebody tweeting, uh, Anne Hathaway whispering, Daddy is my new sexuality. People that doesn't seem ironic. The, that seems... Well, but I guess, well, I guess... That just seems like they're, they're into a thing they think is sexy. For the for the camp value. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which, well, I guess I, if, if you really want to dig into camp, there, there's there's irony in camp, but then part of camp is using irony to be serious, or I don't know. Sure, a lot of people have written a lot on camp. You know, that know more than me. Yeah, but uh, but but I you know, if you want to make a distinction between liking something ironically and liking something for its camp value, you could do that. Um, well- certainly, people were in, it, appro- approaching it as sort of a like I said, like a
0: a camp. uh, I think that's where I'm confused about it, because aside from, as I said again, roughly roughly three times in the film, uh, where something happens and you're like, Oh, what? Oh, okay. It's a really boring drama. For me, there are films where you're like, oh, things are happening, and they are crazy, and that is fun for me. But this film the things that are happening mostly aren't crazy. It's mostly Matthew McConaughey drinking rum, uh, which could be more fun than it is. Um, and people talking about things. It's, it's just, it's, I would say 95. I don't know how long it is. I'm assuming it's 110 minutes and I would <laughs> say 95 of those are just absolutely nothing of interest happening. Um, so for me, that's, I guess I'm not sure what it is. If you, So my, my, knee-jerk reaction would be then, oh, the people who are saying this movie is super bonkers are people who haven't seen movies who are super bonkers. But a lot of the people who recommended it are people, there's like a couple video store guys and a programmer and people who who particularly are interested in movies that go bonkers were saying that this movie is bonkers. And I watched it. I wonder it, if there's... deeply unbonkers. bonkers
1: I wonder if there's an aspect to it. Now, I, So as much as I am do know... You know something about this movie? I haven't actually seen it, sure, and I sure. wish I had because I could at least then
0: I should have uh, uh,
1: talked to you about the the tone and the presentation of it, um, and whether or not I thought it was you know weird or, or whatever. Um, the story certainly sounds boring, yeah. Uh, but I I wonder if there's something to it being like a a big movie. Like I know it's not the it's not the biggest movie in the world. It, it's sure. You know, it it like is making on the scale choices. of big movies. It's it's uh, it's you know fairly low budget, of course, but it has beautiful movie stars in it, yeah, and it's going to be in you know it it it's it's paid to to look like a real movie. So I I, I wonder if there's some aspect to it of you know for the video store guys. Uh, I, I don't say that pejoratively at all. I
0: no no, oh, no they're heroes.
1: <laughs> that, that's those are my people yeah um you know that you can watch all kinds of uh genuinely low budget and no budget movies that are way more bonkers Mm -hmm. than something like this but you don't often get to see these beautiful celebrities in a relatively well budgeted film do stuff that is just like a little off the map in terms of what you would normally see in uh, a high-class movie. I guess that's true. So uh, on on the one hand, uh, it could just be that people see a movie with movie stars in it, it has some money behind it, and it does a little bit of weird things, and then that's exciting.
0: That's enough, Which I can understand. The other thing that is
1: possible is that this movie might genuinely deviate from the norms of, like, scene construction and dialogue presentation mm-hmm. in ways that you, specifically, <laughs> would not read as mistakes or wrong so much as just different choices. Because uh, when we were talking about Tommy so's The Room, uh, you were making it very clear that it didn't seem that weirdly shot or constructed to you it just seemed kind of like a dull drama and that movie is very strangely constructed (laughs) if what you're used to doing is reacting to normal movies
0: (laughs) okay alright Uh, yeah, but so then there's, there's this semi-twist, which they sort of showed you at the very beginning of the movie, where the whole movie is a computer simulation that McConaughey's son has programmed where he gets to get his dad to murder his stepdad, uh, at, at which point you're like, oh, I don't care. Um, none of this matters. Um, Anne Hathaway's performance seems weird until you realize she's part of a terrible computer program. Oh, well, uh, right.
1: I mean, that that twist nullifies any
0: weirdness, right? That's one of the worst things about a twist like that. Yeah. Is that You're like, oh, all of the choices we made be... don't matter. Uh, yeah.
1: It's the, it's the ultimate mistake that every movie like that makes, like, uh, The Game or Inception... Yeah. Or it's, what, it's, uh, any of those other ones where they just tell you, hey, everything that's happening isn't happening. It's like... And you're like, yeah, that's already true because it's a movie, so now yeah, exactly. just remove me even farther. You
0: don't need to double down. But also it's not even like the classic, oh, it was all a dream where it happens at the end of the movie. They do it roughly in the middle. They're like, hey, this is all a dream. And you're like, oh, okay. I, I guess Great. I'll keep watching anyway. Uh, why
1: there was a a story my professor was telling me about a filmmaker who was doing he was an independent filmmaker who uh was finally had a little bit of money for a project and was working with a union crew working with like real genuine film crew people who had done lots and lots and lots of Mm things Um as opposed to just before where he would work with whoever was around and he'd just throw it together and it was just a bunch of people, you know,
0: sure. making the movie.
1: And he was trying to create a sequence that was, you know, for want of a better term, just really weird. Um, there were just weird things happening that weren't entirely motivated sure. by, you know, standard plot or or standard sort of like volitional character elements, and he couldn't get the crew to do what he wanted, because mm-hmm. everybody just kept coming up to him and saying, well, this doesn't make sense, and that doesn't, well, what about this, and this? And you're not going to present this this way, and like this won't cut together like that, and blah, 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 mm-hmm. and they just kept coming at him about why it didn't make sense, and he finally just told them all, well, it's a drug trip.
0: He's on drugs. <laughs> and then they were like, like oh, okay, oh! Okay.
1: yeah." yeah. <laughs> and then they did everything he asked exactly how he asked, and when he finally put the movie together, there was no drugs. It was just the scene. And that right. man was David Lynch. To get them to beat sure. down all of the the normal choices that they've been trained to make. Sure. And I think audiences react very similarly. Uh, or, or Anyway, the connection being, of course, that when you are just having weird things happen, to me and to you, that's much more enjoyable than if they then go on to explain why those weird things were happening. You're like, okay, well, it was much more charming when...
0: Yeah, like I'd much just rather see an rules. interesting choice than than have someone spend eight minutes justifying their ability to make an interesting choice. Who cares? Yeah, it was it. like when we were I, watching
1: that Zach X movie, The Imagineers. Oh
0: yeah. And for the first half,
1: we were just so high on it, yeah. Because they would have scenes that didn't make any sense. Yeah, it was <laughs> where she'd really be watching for... television, and the announcer would just come on and go, "Are you a tunt? Do you <laughs> want to be?" And then it would cut, and then didn't mention it. And we're like,
0: "Wait, what?" <laughs> You're like, "Hooray! What a great movie!"
1: Yeah. So then, like halfway through, they explain everything that's going on in laborious detail and
0: yeah.
1: garbage. But you know that I, I live for those first moments.
0: the most interesting choice in the whole movie of Serenity. Um, and this is the the thing that kind of won me over for a little while, was it's maybe 10 or 15 minutes in uh, Matthew McConaughey has, I think he just had sex with Diane Lane, and he's like about to go swimming, and he's walking I don't know, 200 feet towards a cliff while taking his clothes off so he can jump into the water off the cliff. Right? Super normal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they shoot him from two or three camera angles that are all roughly the same. It's just a camera walking behind him and then a camera about two feet away walking behind him and crossfade back and forth between the two shots and it is completely insane that's the rest of the movie I was like, okay, you're making okay, I get what you're doing. That one sequence is so bonkers I don't get it 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 made me both delighted and angry at the same time.
1: Boy, that's the kind of thing that, again, you're going to notice. Or, like, you and I can talk about the insane editing in Bohemian Rhapsody, but most people, I and God love them, and, and it should be this way, <laughs> really, <laughs> probably, are not going to notice it.
0: They, they must feel it subconsciously. They must. I
1: mean, they feel something. They feel jump cut. Like, in that, what you're describing there, they'll feel like the jump cuts, but I think they'll feel probably what the filmmaker intends them to feel, which is just, like, a little bit off-kilter and a little bit like in motion and a little bit excited well that's but why i could they're gonna process it for the for the event information which is what's happening
0: yeah camera on the booth, camera move. it feels like the opening of wayne's world when he's doing camera one camera two it just it moves slightly um yeah and i i didn't most of the time when a when a filmmaker is doing something where you're like uh i see you're trying to put me a little off kilter when you've you know you're if you're like thinking about it that way. You're like, ah, I see what you're doing. And this particular choice, I was like, I have no idea why, why they're doing this. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't well, know what they're trying to achieve. I guess, I, and yeah, and maybe it's an issue of how you're reading it, right? Because for me, this feels like a slicked up, less interesting version of a sort of pulpy shark shark murder murder movie that's interrupted by it becoming a sort of third tier matrix film idea. Uh, or like Again,
1: all of that art still sounds better than I think this movie probably is.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think yeah, I think if you went all out with any of that it would be great, but it's it's overwhelmingly just kind of treading water, uh, waiting to get to the next it's just not that, I don't know.
1: Right, well, because one of two things is probably happening here, right? You either have a, a brighter director who, you know, a filmmaker who wants to make something genuinely interesting. Yes. But either by cynical choice or just mind colonization, <laughs> uh, keeps tamping it down and directing it more towards what's, quote, normal. And so you get this thing that's neither fish nor fowl, yeah, kind um, of. Or you have somebody who's genuinely just trying to make a normal movie, but is weird, yeah, and can't help but do these other things in the in the pursuit. So it, it, basically, it's are they trying to do something interesting, right? And ending up more like uh, main, you know, midstream, uh, normal than they intend to. Or are they trying to make a movie You know, for audiences? They're trying to make a hit movie. They're trying to make a, a movie that people will like, but they just keep getting sidetracked into these little cul-de-sacs. And maybe it doesn't matter, and maybe there's no way to ever really know. But sure. I, I tend to be more interested by... Well, you know what? I was about to say I'm, I <laughs> was more interested in one, one over the other, but actually both of them uh, can be really fun and fascinating, depending yes. on... On how it goes and and what the what the actual moves are.
0: Agreed. There's also honestly the most interesting aspect of the film is that the the reason the kid wants McConaughey to kill uh, the the guy who isn't one of the friends is uh, is because he is abusive, which they state in the movie. But the only way that's ever presented in the movie is there are a few times you see him with Anne Hathaway doing what by all appearances is consensual snm uh she never indicates to him that she's not interested in it and at one point she like grabs his hand and puts it on her throat and tells him to choke her so it seems like from the film it doesn't go into this and it's hard to know if it's trying to uh it seems like maybe the kid is misinterpreting their rough sex as him being abusive and wants to kill him and so that's a little interesting, but still, the whole movie takes place in a fake computer simulation, so it's it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: that's, yes. So I'm also seeing that this turkey was written and directed by Stephen Knight, which is distressing. We can return to that in a minute.
0: Do we know but Stephen?
1: You, Knight? I, I, well, I, I, he did um, a few things okay. that were not bad. Oh, okay. Uh, so uh he wrote Eastern Promises for Cronenberg. Oh, okay. And he wrote Dirty Pretty Things, which was if memory serves
0: mostly a good movie. Okay. Alright.
1: Um pause. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. I just wanted the space to cut that out if I chose
0: to. <laughs> It seems like maybe this was like two sort of pet project ideas that he couldn't get off the ground and wove together or something. Uh, I I don't know. I, I would. Oh, believe I, that I don't think so.
1: I, I I'm willing to bet. Yeah. And this is this is with no actual information. Sure. Uh, but just based on my relationship as a writer to ideas. Sure. I'm willing to bet that this whole thing. Including the multiple twists, mm-hmm. including the, all that stuff, has is what was his baby for a while. Yeah. I'm willing to bet that he was nursing that.
0: I bet he tried to get anyone else to mind. direct it, and nobody would.
1: Well, I he
0: or you think he's been holding I, I on think, to this? I, one? You I think he's been I selling think he's these been promises, holding on to this selling he's dirty, pretty things, and he's before. like, oh. oh, really? Yeah, interesting i mean i don't know how old he is but he's got to be what 50s 60s i bet he's old enough that he's like computers they're magic right and and sort of went from there i mean to be
1: fair i'm a little bit that old
0: yeah yeah we both were on the i mean i'm not 50 a a 28 year old couldn't have written this like a 23 year old can't even watch it but a man older (laughs) than we are could definitely be like oh yeah you know what doesn't make any sense and could probably control us is a computer. It's also, it's sort of the least interesting, I bet he like heard about Elon Musk saying that we mostly likely live in a, uh, uh, what do you call it, simulation, and he was like, whoa, that's crazy, I'm going to use that, you know? I bet he was really yeah. excited about it. And I think he probably thinks he's saying something really poignant, um, but he's not. In that movie, well, what
1: what was most interesting to me when I first heard about this movie, or I guess mm-hmm. when I eventually heard what the movie actually was about, when sure, I first yeah. heard about it, it was literally just people talking about how many times Anne Hathaway whispers "daddy," um, <laughs> and also I guess there's just a scene early on you could confirm or or Maybe. deny this where Diane Lane keeps asking Matthew McConaughey to find her pussy.
0: Oh yeah, yes, yeah. So that yeah, I mean, that's like a weird yeah. running gag that never lands i mean, it sounds like a good try though kind of it's like a good try for an eighth grader i don't know man. i guess it's
1: a good try <laughs> in the context of having it be diane lane and Matthew mcconaughey which takes yes. me back to that idea that like yes. if this was just some nobody's in a movie it wouldn't matter but if you're Agreed. in a position to make movie stars do ridiculous things and yeah. you do it then yeah. you're a little bit of a hero
0: i'm on board with that i'm fully on board with that um but so so the the
1: one thing that I thought maybe again if it was genuinely explored and handled with subtlety and depth, which I never expect any movie to do.
0: No, of course. Um,
1: is is there a part where uh, Matthew McConaughey becomes aware that he's a computer program?
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The whole second half of the movie.
1: Yeah. So that. Could be something,
0: yeah, but he doesn't. It doesn't turn into like uh, Lucy. That not Lucy, Lucy, but Lucy the film. Uh, Star. Yeah, no, Uh, I've uh, seen that. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't like to, or like the Matrix for that matter. It doesn't turn into. He just gets mad at everyone else. He's just like, ah, this is fake. You don't know it, but it's fake, and they're like, okay.
1: (laughs) But like, yeah, but the fact that he knows it is weird, and has a lot of implications that you could have a lot of fun with. But Honestly, the most interesting
0: part is that it's sort of playing with the idea like, oh, what if we lived in a simulation, but it's specifically a simulation that was programmed by his son. Um, which is a super weird thing. <laughs> well, we, Jim, we do live in a simulation programmed
1: by his son. who programmed <laughs> it by dying on the cross. <laughs> oh, right, right, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, he He programmed our sins away. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Um but, but yeah, but it's like he he knows the person who made him, you know, and that feels like maybe a thing to play with, but they don't really. They just they're just like, "Ooh, pathos." And you're like, "It's not pathos. It's It's the seed of something weird. Or, like, yeah, does the kid
1: successfully recreate his father's consciousness in a computer program? Because that's a very different thing than just creating a computer program that you name dad.
0: You know, I don't... They don't go into whether it's, like, Tron rules or not. (laughs) You know? Like I don't, I don't know. The if it's guy just,
1: when he shows up and says he's the rules, he doesn't say I am Tron rules. <laughs> no,
0: no, he says I am the rules, and he doesn't. Ex- he's like, you're like, is this a Wreck It Ralph rules? Is it Tron rules? I, it's not. It's never specified whether uh, they're actually conscious things th- that uh, that a child made, or whether they're, or whether like all computer programs are conscious, or like whether I don't know. They don't go into any of that. They, it's which also
1: kind no. of a funny joke that I don't know if Stephen Knight intended to have somebody show up and say I am the rules mm-hmm. in that if you've if you ever play a computer game where like you're wandering around and talking to people half the time the people that you talk to are so on the rails in terms of the program <laughs> to say that they yeah. are basically just saying I'm the rules yeah, yeah
0: they're just giving you guidelines to get to the other yeah end. yeah uh, yeah it's hard to tell if he's I don't know it's hard to tell how savvy he is to video games based on this movie
1: do for a rewatching of Eastern Promises but that's mm. one of those late Cronenbergs which has a lot of good stuff in it and then some stuff where it's like is this did you mean to do this or is this just normal like this feels weirdly normy you know what that's i mean interesting.
0: i should rewatch eastern promises also i honestly in my brain it and history of violence are, are inextricably fused and so i should probably watch them each separately for once. Or not.
1: I mean, I think they can stay fused, I think. Or at least, I mean, watching them and comparing them to each other is also useful. Yeah. Because you get a little bit of a sense of what's Cronenberg, what's Stephen Knight, what's Josh Olsen. (laughs) Although Josh Olson is a huge Cronenberg fan and purposefully wrote part of his script without without guidance from Cronenberg. Purposely, (laughs) once he found out Cronenberg was going to be writing, was going to be directing the movie, he added in scenes...
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: That were Cronenberg-y, huh. because to challenge himself to see if he could write scenes. That's funny. That then people would watch the movie and be like, oh, Cronenberg must have added that. Right, right. Uh, which I just, I like that he did that.
0: I would love he to would be, be writing for, for literally any director. <laughs> Full stop. And getting paid. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> I would just like to be employed. Yeah, I would like to have a job. I, but... I, if I were ever in a position where I were writing for another director who was like known at all, it'd be fun to throw in like three or four beats that are just super out of character with the rest of the script in any way, and have <laughs> people be like, "Whoa, it's weird that that person would have added that twist in there." You know? Yeah. What a strange beat that clearly the director added.
1: You just add, like, you just and, added a and you your script without those beats.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: Well, this has been uh, <laughs> I think another episode of Synesthesia
0: yeah that's an episode
1: uh, a movie we named after a, a neuroatypical condition yeah a podcast not a movie What a podcast about movies in general maybe about other stuff I don't know <laughs> um, mainly movies mainly movies is the thing that we can talk about yeah um, you know there's a, you're, you're a filmmaker I'm a film scholar and we can just we can talk from both ends of the candle that's a saying right you talk yeah
0: we we hold a candle talk all night from both ends of this candle
1: (laughs) we hold a candle in our mouths with it lit in the middle
0: yeah and then we kiss when we get there we get burned yeah like lady and the tramp um yeah smooches smooches
1: I'm not wearing any pants (laughs) oh
0: goodness Synesthesia is produced by Iguana Donald Studios and distributed by Split Tooth Media. Featuring music by The Cocktails, courtesy of Tideship Records. Additional music by Mr. Presidents. Theme music by Soft Healer. Synesthesia is recorded live before a live studio audience of Live Eels. Consult your doctor before listening to Synesthesia. Do not operate vehicles or heavy machinery while under the influence of this podcast. Oh. Oh no. Turn. Turn. Break. Look out. Oh bitter tragedy. I don't care, Jim. There's no pausing me.